Chapter Fourteen, Part Two of Ruggles of Red Gap by Harry Leon Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen, Part Two. When decorators and furnishers had done their work, when the choice carpet was laid, when the kitchen and table equipments were completed to the last detail, and when the lighting was artistically correct, there was still the matter of service as to this i conceived and carried out what i fancy was rather a brilliant stroke which was nothing less than to eliminate the fellow hobbs as a social factor of even the bohemian set in contracting with him for my bread and rolls i took an early opportunity of setting the chap in his place as indeed it was not difficult to do when he had observed the splendid scale on which i was operating at our second interview he was removing his hat and addressing me as sir while i have found that i can quite gracefully place myself on a level with the middle-class american there is a serving type of our own people to which i shall eternally feel superior the hobbs fellow was of this sort having undeniably the soul of a lackey in addition to jobbing his bread and rolls i engaged him as pantry man and took on such members of his numerous family as were competent his wife was to assist my raccoon cook in the kitchen three of his sons were to serve as waiters and his youngest a lad in his teens i installed as vestiare garbing him in a smart uniform and posting him to relieve my gentlemen patrons of their hats and topcoats a daughter was similarly installed as maid and the two achieved an effect of smartness unprecedented in red gap an effect to which i am glad to say that the community responded instantly in other establishments it was the custom for patrons to hang their garments on hat pegs often under a printed warning that the proprietor would disclaim responsibility in case of loss in the one known as bert's place indeed the warning was positively vulgar watch your overcoat of course that sort of coarseness would have been impossible in my own place as another important detail i had taken over from mrs judson her stock of jellies and compotes which i had found to be of a most excellent character and had ordered as much more as she could manage to produce together with cut flowers from her garden for my tables she herself being a young woman of the most pleasing capabilities had done a bit of charring for me and was now to be in charge of the glassware linen and silver i had found her indeed highly sympathetic with my highest aims and not a few of her suggestions as to management proved to be entirely sound her unspeakable dog continued his quite objectionable advances to me at every opportunity in spite of my hitting him about rather when i could do so unobserved but the sinister interpretation that might be placed upon this by the baser minded was now happily answered by the circumstance of her being in my employment her child i regret to say was still grossly overfed seldom having its face free from jam or other smears it persisted moreover in twisting my name into ruggams which i found not a little embarrassing 
the night of my opening found me calmly awaiting the triumph that was due me as someone has said of napoleon i had won my battle in my tent before the firing of a single shot i mean to say i had looked so conscientiously after details even to assuring myself that cousin egbert and the honourable george would appear in evening dress my last act having been to coerce each of them into purchasing varnished boots the former submitting meekly enough though the honourable george insisted it was a silly fuss at seven o'clock having devoted a final inspection to the kitchen where the female raccoon was well on with the dinner and having noted that the members of my staff were in their places i gave a last pleased survey of my dining-room with its smartly equipped tables flower-bedecked gleaming in the softened light from my shaded candlesticks truly it was a scene of refined elegance such as red gap had never before witnessed within its own confines and i had seen to it that the dinner as well would mark an epoch in the lives of these simple but worthy people not a heavy nor a cloying repast would they find indeed the bare simplicity of my menu had it been previously disclosed would doubtless have disappointed more than one of my dinner-giving patronesses but each item had been perfected to an extent never achieved by them their weakness had ever been to serve a profusion of neutral dishes pleasing enough to the eye but unedifying except as a spectacle i mean to say as food it was non-committal it failed to intrigue i should serve only a thin soup a fish small birds two vegetables a salad a sweet and a savoury but each item would prove worthy of the profoundest consideration in the matter of thin soup for example the local practice was to serve a fluid of which beyond the circumstance that it was warmish and slightly tinted nothing of interest could ever be ascertained my own thin soup would be a revelation to them again in the matter of fish this course with the hostesses of red gap has seemed to be merely an excuse for a pause i had truly sympathized with cousin egbert's bitter complaint they hand you a dab of something about the size of a watch-charm with two strings of potato for the first time then the fish course in red gap was to be an event an abundant portion of native fish with a lobster sauce which i had carried out to its highest power my birds hot from the oven would be food in the strictest sense of the word my vegetables cooked with a zealous attention and my sweet immensely appealing without being pretentiously spectacular and for what i believe to be quite the first time in the town good coffee would be served disheartening indeed had been the various attenuations of coffee which had been imposed upon me in my brief career as a diner out among these people not one among them had possessed the genius to master an acceptable decoction of the berry the bald simplicity of the correct formula being doubtless incredible to them 
the blare of a motor-horn aroused me from this musing and from that moment i had little time for meditation until the evening as the journal recorded the next morning had gone down into history my patrons arrived in groups couples or singly almost faster than i could seat them the hobbs lad as vestiari would halt them for hats and wraps during which pause they would emit subdued cries of surprise and delight at my beautifully toned ensemble after which as they walked to their tables it was not difficult to see that they were properly impressed mrs effie escorted by the honourable george and cousin egbert was among the early arrivals the senator being absent from town at a sitting of the house these were quickly followed by the belknap jacksons and the mixer resplendent in purple satin and diamonds all being at one of my large tables so that the honourable george sat between mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie though he had first made a somewhat undignified essay to seat himself next the mixer needless to say all were in evening dress though the honourable george had fumbled grossly with his cravat and rumpled his shirt nor had he submitted to having his beard trimmed as i had warned him to do as for belknap jackson i had never beheld him more truly vogue in every detail and his slightly austere manner in any red gap gathering had never set him better both mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie wielded their lorgnons upon the later comers thus giving their table quite an air mrs judge ballard who had come to be one of my staunchest adherents occupied an adjacent table with her family party and two or three of the younger dancing set the indian tuttle with his wife and two daughters were also among the early comers and i could not but marvel anew at the red man's histrionic powers in almost quite correct evening attire and entirely decorous in speech and gesture he might readily have been thought some one that mattered had he not at an early opportunity caught my eye and winked with a sly significance quite almost every one of the north side set was present imparting to my room a general air of distinguished smartness and in addition there were not a few of what the belknap jackson had called the rabble persons of no social value to be sure but honest well-mannered folk small tradesmen shop assistants and the like these plain people i may say i took a special pains to welcome and put at their ease for i had resolved in effect to be one of them after the manner prescribed by their declaration thing with quite all of them i chatted easily a moment or two expressing the hope that they would be well pleased with their entertainment i noted while thus engaged that belknap jackson eyed me with frank and superior cynicism but this affected me quite not at all and i took pains to point my indifference chatting with increased urbanity with the two cow persons hank and buck who had entered rather uncertainly not in evening dress to be sure but in decent black as befitted their stations when i had prevailed upon them to surrender their hats to the vestiari and had seated them at a table for two they informed me in hoarse undertones that they were prepared to put a bet down on every card from soda to hock 
so that i at first suspected they had thought me conducting a gaming establishment but ultimately gathered that they were merely expressing a cordial determination to enter into the spirit of the occasion there then entered somewhat to my uneasiness the klondike woman and her party being almost the last it will be understood that they created no little sensation as she led them down the thronged room to her table she was wearing an evening gown of lustrous black with the apparently simple lines that are so baffling to any but the expert maker with a black picture hat that suited her no end i saw more than one matron of the north side set stiffen in her seat while mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie turned upon her the chilling broadside of their lorgnons belknap jackson merely drew himself up austerely the three other women of her party flutterers rather did little but set off their hostess the four men were of a youngish sort chaps in banks chemist assistants that sort of thing who were constantly to be seen in her train they were especially reprobated by the matrons of the correct set by reason of their deliberately choosing to ally themselves with the bohemian set acutely feeling the antagonism aroused by this group i was momentarily discouraged in a design i had half formed of using my undoubted influence to unite the warring social factions of red gap even as bismarck had once brought the warring prussian states together in a federated germany i began to see that the klondike woman would forever prove unacceptable to the north side set the cliques would unite against her even if one should find in her a spirit of reconciliation which i supremely doubted the bustle having in a measure subsided i gave orders for the soup to be served and at the same time turning the current into the electric pianoforte i had wished for this opening number something attractive yet dignified which would in a manner of speaking symbolize an occasion to me at least highly momentous to this end i had chosen handel's celebrated largo and at the first strains of this highly meritorious composition i knew that i had chosen surely i am sure the piece was indelibly engraved upon the minds of those many dinner-givers who were for the first time in their lives realizing that a thin soup may be made a thing to take seriously nominally i accepted a seat at the table with the belknap jacksons and mrs effie though i apprehended having to be more or less up and down in the direction of my staff having now seated myself to soup i was for the first time made aware of the curious behaviour of the honourable george disregarding his own soup which was of itself unusual with him he was staring straight ahead with a curious intensity a half turn of my head was enough he sat facing the klondike woman as i again turned a bit i saw that under cover of her animated converse with her table companions she was at intervals allowing her very effective eyes to rest as if absently upon him i may say now that a curious chill seized me bringing with it a sudden psychic warning that all was not going to be as it should be 
some calamity impended the man was quite apparently fascinated staring with a fixed hypnotic intensity that had already been noted by his companions on either side with a word about the soup shot quickly and directly at him i managed to divert his gaze but his eyes had returned even before the spoon had gone once to his lips the second time there was a soup stain upon his already rumpled shirt-front presently it became only too horribly certain that the man was out of himself for when the fish course was served he remained serenely unconscious that none of the lobster sauce accompanied his own portion it was a rich sauce and the almost immediate effect of shell-fish upon his complexion being only too well known to me i had directed that his fish should be served without it though i had fully expected him to row me for it and perhaps create a scene the circumstance of his blindly attacking the unsauced fish was eloquent indeed the belknap jacksons and mrs effie were now plainly alarmed and somewhat feverishly sought to engage his attention with the result only that he snapped monosyllables at them without removing his gaze from its mark and the woman was now too obviously pluming herself upon the effect she had achieved upon us all she flashed an amused consciousness of her power yet with a fine affectation of quite ignoring us i was here obliged to leave the table to oversee the serving of the wine returning after an interval to find the situation unchanged save that the woman no longer glanced at the honourable george such were her tactics having enmeshed him she confidently left him to complete his own undoing i had returned with the serving of the small birds observing his own before him the honourable george wished to be told why he had not been served with fish and only with difficulty could he be convinced that he had partaken of this of course in public places one must expect to come into contact with persons of that sort remarked mrs effie something should be done about it observed mrs belknap jackson and they both murmured creature though it was plain that the honourable george had little notion to whom they referred observing however that the woman no longer glanced at him he fell to his bird somewhat whole-heartedly as indeed did all my guests from every side i could hear eager approval of the repast which was now being supplemented at most of the tables by a sound wine of the burgundy type which i had recommended or by a dry champagne meantime the electric pianoforte played steadily through a repertoire that had progressed from the largo to more vivacious pieces of the american folk-dance school as was said in the press the following day gaiety and good feeling reigned supreme and one and all felt that it was indeed good to be there through the sweet and the savoury the dinner progressed the latter proving to be a novelty that the hostesses of red gap thereafter slavishly copied and with the advent of the coffee ensued a noticeable relaxation people began to visit one another's tables and there was a blithe undercurrent of praise for my efforts to smarten the town's public dining 
the klondike woman i fancy was the first to light a cigarette though quickly followed by the ladies of her party mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie after a period of futile glaring at her through their lorgnons seemed to make their resolves simultaneously and forthwith themselves lighted cigarettes of course it's done in the smart english restaurants murmured belknap jackson as he assisted the ladies to their lights thereupon mrs judge ballard farther down the room began to smoke what i believe was her first cigarette which proved to be a signal for other ladies of the onwards and upwards society to do the same mrs ballard being their president it occurred to me that these ladies were grimly bent on showing the klondike woman that they could trifle quite as gracefully as she with the lesser vices of bohemia or perhaps they wished to demonstrate to the younger dancing men in her train that the north side set was not desolately austere in its recreation the honourable george i regret to say produced a smelly pipe which he would have lighted but at a shocked and cold glance from me he put it by and allowed the mixer to roll him one of the yellow paper cigarettes from a sack of tobacco which she had produced from some secret recess of her costume cousin egbert had been excitedly happy throughout the meal and now paid me a quaint compliment upon the food some eats bill he called to me i got to hand it to you though what precisely it was he wished to hand me i never ascertained for the mixer at that moment claimed my attention with a compliment of her own that said she is the only dinner i've eaten for a long time that was composed entirely of food this hour succeeding the repast i found quite entirely agreeable more than one person that mattered assuring me that i had assisted redgap to a notable advance in the finest and correctest sense of the word and it was with a very definite regret that i beheld my guests departing returning to our table from a group of these who had called me to make their adieus i saw that a most regrettable incident had occurred nothing less than the formal presentation of the honourable george to the klondike woman and the mixer had appallingly done it everything is so strange here i heard him saying as i passed their table and the woman echoed everything while her glance enveloped him with a curious effect of appraisal the others of her party were making much of him i could see quite as if they had preposterous designs of wresting him from the north side set to be one of themselves mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie affected to ignore the meeting belknap jackson stared into vacancy with a quite shocked expression as if vandals had desecrated an altar in his presence cousin egbert having drawn off one of his newly purchased boots during the dinner was now replacing it with audible groans but i caught his joyous comment a moment later didn't i tell you the judge was some mixer mixing indeed snapped the ladies a half-hour later the historic evening had come to an end the last guest had departed and all of my staff save mrs judson and her male child 
these i begged to escort to their home since the way was rather far and dark the child incautiously left in the kitchen at the mercy of the female black had with criminal stupidity been stuffed with food traces of almost every course of the dinner being apparent upon its puffy countenance being now in a stupor from overfeeding i was obliged to lug the thing over my shoulder i resolved to warn the mother at an early opportunity of the perils of an unrestricted diet although the deluded creature seemed actually to glory in its corpulence i discovered when halfway to her residence that the thing was still tightly clutching the gnawed thigh-bone of a fowl which was spotting the shoulder of my smartest topcoat the mother however was so ingenuously delighted with my success and so full of prattle concerning my future triumphs that i forbore to instruct her at this time i may say that of all my staff she had betrayed the most intelligent understanding of my ideals and i bade her good-night with a strong conviction that she would greatly assist me in the future she also promised that mr barker should thereafter be locked in a cellar at such times as she was serving me returning through the town i heard strains of music from the establishment known as bert's place and was shocked on staring through his show-window to observe the honourable george and cousin egbert waltzing madly with the cow-persons hank and buck to the strains of a mechanical piano the honourable george had exchanged his top hat for his partner's cow-person hat which came down over his ears in a most regrettable manner i thought it best not to intrude upon their coarse amusement and went on to the grill to see that all was safe for the night returning from my inspection some half-hour later i came upon the two cousin egbert in the lead the honourable george behind him they greeted me somewhat boisterously but i saw that they were now content to return home and to bed as they walked somewhat mincingly i noticed that they were in their hose carrying their varnished boots in either hand of the honourable george who still wore the cow-person's hat i began now to have the gravest doubts there had been an evil light in the eyes of the klondike woman and her bohemian cohorts as they surveyed him as he preceded me i heard him murmur ecstatically such is life End of chapter 14, part 2